At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. Everybody's got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Um, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think he's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. All right, we got another legend coming back. This is one we've been working on the burners. We know you guys love the legends. We got Brody Splane coming in with a 212 inch typical giant he shot in Indiana. Clean, typical. um, You know what's crazy? Like a 212 inch typical without just strolling across to him on social, like you never even would have heard about this no, deer. No, you never would have heard about this deer. Unless you get Whitetail. He did. He said he got the cover of North American <laughs> Whitetail, which I didn't know. Um, I need to get the membership to that just so I, I can keep the covers. I mean, it, can't, it can't be that expensive now. Yeah, it'd be pretty sweet. But yeah, we got the story of how he was on this deer, um, how he went through the hunting season, uh, the struggles, the glory. Um, I love that he got to share it with his dad. I thought that was very cool. Um, Glad we started a friendship with up him. And uh, let's get into the people that make this possible. Start out with the VIP veteran broadhead. We just I just seen our buddy did a mountain review on YouTube for the VIP broadhead, and uh, it's pretty cool found another fellow elk hunter up there and said hey try this head out and the guy's been shooting one for a long time he shot the head and he's like well i'm gonna change so um if you guys haven't tried it out go ahead and get you a pack and try it um a lot of news coming out of vip um we got the 175 grain for for the big animals like this guy hunts in africa so he could have used the 175 grain over there but uh the 100 grain still getting it done. The 100 grain still getting it done. That's what we're going to be rocking this year. We got packs on packs. Hopefully, put down some deer and uh, 
and and hear that national anthem sing. Yes. Let's get into the VIP veteran broadhead shout out. This week's shout out is Josh Bergman. He retired from the Navy after 20 years of service. He did five tours overseas, two of which were in Iraq, flying the CaseVac mission as a corpsman on a Marine CH-76 helicopter. Uh, Josh, everybody here at Whitetail Legacy, appreciate your service and the uh, VIP family as well as Matt and Cindy. Uh, I, I told you thank you, and you know, you're know you just one of them really solid guys that we always talk about, and you're just like, I did my part. There's more people out there that are doing bigger things but you know i mean five tours of service overseas is is a lot to you know us and um it it means it means the world to us yeah it does that's that's a lot of time away from family and friends to to serve people like us and to serve this country so utmost respect to you and i appreciate you uh being a vip shout out and uh i hope this little shout out um means something like we want it to. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we really appreciate your sacrifice. All right, let's get into Ingram's outdoor obsession. All your custom taxidermy needs is what I'm going to say. He's been he doing a been lot of custom, custom work, um, a lot of really unique uh, turns, um, head up, weird. The the shoulder mount you Short, got yep. this year is weird. Uh, <laughs> got He's got the licking one. He's got my custom work. Um Anything that you need done, he's your man to do it. If you're in the local area, check him out. You will not be upset about your choice. And a lot of his stuff that, you know, has been custom coming out lately is, is you know, obviously a lot of his first, and he's nailing it. Yeah. So, I mean, don't be scared to take your stuff there. Yeah, if you got a unique idea of what you might want, he'll, he's a guy that'll do it. He's not going to turn anything down, and he'll, uh, he'll he'll make it happen somehow. He's, yeah. he's crushing he, it. He so. is. Let's get into ECW Calls. Um, we're going to be rocking the grunt tubes. I got mine out today. Uh, shook the dust off it from last <laughs> season. Um, I'm excited to get it back in the pack and uh, get out there. There's nothing like hitting that grunt, you know, mid-October on that buck. I actually grunted one in the 15th of October and killed him, you know, came in raking a scrape, showing dominance uh, the 15th of October. So I'm excited to get that thing out. There's nothing, there's not a more clutch tool in the arsenal, I think, than a grunt tube. And a grunt. Like, I mean, I think a grunt is just, the first thing you see is a, if a buck ain't working in, you're going to grunt at him. That's like the most low-key thing yeah. you could do to maybe coax him over. You're going to throw some grunts. So. Like, hey, what's up? Yeah. So, you know. So what's better than having a grunt tube but a custom grunt tube? custom to your tunning team or your name or the date you killed a giant or the shed off a buck that you found that you're trying to kill now whatever you want he can do it i want to know the first person that has a shed off the buck that they killed the next year i want to i want to shout them out that would be pretty solid let's get into scent lock um all your carbon technology needs our buddy paul just got a scent lock bag down in georgia um he was we tell people about how (laughs) <laughs> good the quality is and how big it was he, but he was like it. he could not believe how big that bag was um they did not skimp out on the size of that thing you i think could, he tried to fit his house in there yeah you can fit literally <laughs> everything in that my everything i own hunting clothing wise is in that thing yeah is in that bag and uh, you're running ozone on it um less washes i mean it it does a lot i think i think the ozone killing technology you know in the bag like that when it's concealed is does wonders on giving you that extra 10 seconds to make a shot whether than them you know they still detected something but you got that extra time instead of them just blowing and run away instantly so right 
check out the Oz bag, um, the Oz 500. Um, it's it's one of the, my favorite products that they've made. Um, I've used some other Oz bags in the market, and they've lasted a year. I'm going on two years, and there's not even a scratch on that thing. So, And I'm rough on stuff. Ask Homie. Everything I have is <laughs> half broken. Very, very, very. <laughs> like this podcast. Half, <laughs> half, I'm not broken, but half broke. You know what I mean? Like real low. Um, All right. Here we go with this week's bow hunting league update uh i did break out the soundboard so i know the volume is going to be good i can hear myself talking when i'm doing it so i know it's going to be rocking all right the i'm not sure if you guys like me doing this or not but um it is a good way to keep track of what everybody's you know uh shooting where they're shooting them at and um hearing some scores getting to see these deer and um you know, kind of notice some trends, and I know Ben's got a whole bunch of data and stuff, you know, from previous years that um, he's been piling up. And, you know, th- this past week, it was actually kind of slow for the bucks that uh, got entered in on the forum. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of transition going on right now. All the deer should be pretty close to out of velvet, if not all the way out. And, um, you know, they're shifting to their fall patterns and, you know, crops might be coming out somewhere. Uh, acorns are falling. So a lot going on. And, um, you know, it's just kind of interesting to see that, you know, not, we're not the only ones that, you know, aren't on the bucks at this moment in time. So getting into this week's kills is, uh, starting off with Jerry Hatter from blue collar bucks out of Maryland on nine 11. He shot 137 and six eights. Uh, Chris fight from border buck killers, 119 and eighth. Uh, that was a 10 point. And then we have Eric Sissel from, uh, meat seekers. With 139 and 5 eighths, and that was a muley. Uh, I believe that was a nine pointer. Had a split G2 on one side. Um, I'm not sure what the deductions are for that for entering it into the league to kind of level the playing field for uh, whitetail kills. I believe muley gets subtracted and blacktails get an addition. Um, the scorecard on that had 139 and 5 eighths circled, and then it had 129. Um, down in the f- total score, so I just went with the 139. Uh, Justin Stevens from Stickin' Dreams shot him buck in Missouri, 102 eights. And then um, I know that there was a lady who shot a buck. I have not seen her enter it into the forum yet, so we'll cover that when she enters that. Uh, we'll do the King of Tines individual. I believe I forgot this. Uh, last week, so I apologize. Uh, still at the top is Matt Jennings, 276 and 6 eighths. Eric Sissel, uh, has got two bucks down. He's got 252 and a quarter. One of them's a muley. Uh, Nick Wright with his 170 inch, 176 inch buck. Um, that real gnarly one that we talked about last week. Uh, Stephen Tucker and Dylan Barth, Barthing, Bartling, uh, rounding out the top five. Uh, ben posted this in the in the Facebook group tonight. Battle of the states. Uh, Kentucky's leading it with twelve. Tennessee's coming in second with five. North Carolina's got three. Uh, Minnesota has two, and then we have Iowa, Maine, Missouri, Nebraska, and Wyoming, all with one. Um, that Iowa 
buck was an urban hunt. I inquired about that a little bit. Uh, King of Tines team standings, uh, regulator still on top, uh, 440 and an eighth. Second is Doe Patrol, 417 and an eighth. Third, Antler Addicts, 278 and three quarter. Fourth, Carolina Reapers, 265 and an eighth. And Meat Seekers is 252 and two eighths. So I believe this will be the last weekend, and then um, there's a whole bunch of more states coming in on the 1st of October. And then I believe, I remember seeing last year, there was a couple states that were like the 15th or something of October. So it's getting ready to get uh, cranked wide open. And uh, that'll wrap up this week's Bowhunting League update. What? Uh, well, that, that's it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got it. All right, let's get into the show. All right, guys, we got Brody Splain on the line. He's going to talk about the big one, a absolute mega giant typical that he shot um thanks for coming on man i we've been trying to line this up for a while i'm finally i seen your picture i was like man we got to have this guy on because i gotta hear the story yeah i really appreciate it. i've really been looking forward to this man it's gonna be fun yeah it's always a blast you get with like-minded people talking about deer hunting it goes pretty easy so right right now this is your 60 second commercial to the listeners let them know a little bit about yourself uh well, my name is Brody Splain. I am from southeastern Indiana. Um, been hunting pretty much my entire life since I was four or five years old. Uh, been I've been around. I've been hunting in Canada and Newfoundland, and I've been to Africa three times, and you know, hunting all over the United States. But you know, nothing compares to hunting giant deer, you know, in Indiana. So. Nice, that's awesome. I didn't know you'd been to Africa. That's pretty sweet. Oh, that's yeah. A, that's a little different bio than, you know, we usually hear. Yeah, right. I, I had seen your Canada <laughs> pictures and Newfoundland pictures up there. You, uh, you shot a bear right up there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's epic, man. That's On stuff my that, birthday. Oh, yeah. man, oh, can't it's beat pretty that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's stuff me and homie dream about. We're we're going to make it eventually. We just got to get some kids that have grown up, and then we're, we're going full sin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right, well, we're uh, – we could probably do three or four podcasts with you, I'm sure, but we're we're here to talk about the big one, that giant <laughs> Indiana typical buck that you shot. Uh, go ahead and break down the the season or the hunt for this deer. Okay, so how it how it kind of started? It was my first year ever hunting this property, and it's about two minute drive from my house. You know, so why it took me so long to start hunting there, I have no idea. I finally got permission to hunt there uh, with a special thanks to my mother who actually asked for permission for me without my knowing. Uh, but anyway, the entire summer, July, August, uh, September, watching, you know, big alfalfa fields, you know, 30, 40 acres on this property. It's a 70 acre property and uh, it's mostly crop fields, but I pretty much watched it consistently all summer. I knew what I thought most of the deer were over there. I pretty much thought I knew every buck and, you know, season rolls around. Uh, first couple days I'm after a couple really nice mature deer, you know, really nice nine and 10 pointers, like solid one fifties, you know, really nice trophy deer. And I, that was going to be enough for me. But so the first two days of the season, I was trying to hone in on where they were entering the alfalfa, uh, to no luck uh but the third third day of october the third day of the season uh i i set up on the ground and brushed myself in 
and I was going to catch them when they hopped the fence into the alfalfa. Uh, that night, I saw almost no deer, and I was just getting ready to quit, and I took one last uh, look around the alfalfa, you know, behind me in all directions with my binoculars, and I seen this deer coming towards me from about, I don't know, 80, 90 yards across the fence on from the neighbor's property. And I put my binoculars on it, and I immediately put my binoculars back down because the rack I saw on the top of this deer's head took me by such surprise that I I didn't even want to look at it because I'd get too excited, you know? So <laughs> it was pretty much like, well, that's a shooter, so I better get ready because he's coming right towards me. And my wind and everything was perfect, and he was coming right to me. And the way it looked, he was going to hop the fence and be 22 yards. Man, I was just going to smoke him. And there was a, a very small cedar tree right behind me, between him and I. And he had walked all the way to it where I couldn't even see him. And he got within probably six yards. And, you know, my wind was good. But at that range, I don't even know if wind matters <laughs> because if they get that close, they kind of pick up on you so fast. And he got that close and he snorted and he ran around and he still jumped the fence right in front of me. And I was already at full draw. But as soon as his feet hit the ground from jumping that fence, he bounded off over the hill. And it was getting so dark that I couldn't really make out how big he really was. But I was like, man, that I haven't seen that deer all summer, and I've been watching this thing every day, you know, this this alfalfa. So I I'm like, man, I gotta put up cameras everywhere. I gotta figure out what deer this is. So, you know, fast forward two weeks or more to the nineteenth of October, uh, I checked cameras one day on a on a couple scrapes and I'm getting, you know, this, I, all my bucks are gone. You know, I, I've got no bucks whatsoever on camera from the past two weeks. And I thought, well, that's weird because I the food's still there and there's, you know, the rut's not going on. So there's not any reason for them to leave. What is happening? You know, so I checked my cameras and the first picture is uh, just, you know, I finally got them on camera. It's a 200 inch giant typical deer, you know. And that's the only deer I have on camera. And oh, man. <laughs> that's well, a decent pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he walks right in front of this guy. You know, it's, it, if you would have asked a deer to pose for pictures, it would have looked exactly like this. He came in and he's pawing at the scrape. You know, he's, he's, he's rolling his rack on the licking branch. And, you know, he gets right up in the camera and he's like showing his rack off to the camera from like two feet away. You know, it's like. My God, this is, seems it seems too ridiculous to be true, you know. Um, so I'm like, this is before I had a cell phone, believe it or not. So I was I was gonna call my dad, but I couldn't. So I had an iPad in the woods with me that I was checking cameras on. I'm like, man, I can't wait to get home and show him this deer because he's not gonna believe it, you know. So I get all the way home and I'm like, Dad, you're not gonna believe this giant giant uh buck i've got i said it's 200 inches and he goes no it's not you're just you're exaggerating you know and i mean i know how to score deer i we own a taxidermy uh business here 
in the family and I've scored, you know, thousands of deer, you know, so I, I'm a pretty good judge. Uh, but anyway, I, I said, dad, you got to look at this deer. And just as I'm realizing that I realized my iPad isn't even with me. I left it in the woods at my stand. Oh, so, man. so now I'm like trying to explain to him, you know, what this thing looks like. And I have, I don't even have the photo proof, you know, to show him. So, <laughs> Uh, the next day I, I went hunting and I brought the iPad back and I didn't get him, but I didn't see him or nothing, but I brought it back and he immediately looks at the picture and goes, Oh yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a two hundred inch deer. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, for the next, uh, two weeks, uh, same thing. He'd, he'd roll through at night and he'd hit them same scrapes and he'd do the exact same thing every, every probably two days, you know, you hear about these bucks on their circuits they come through every two or three days and they'll hit it at night. And, you know, so I'm hunting, I'm hunting. And, you know, I, the thing about it, the reason I wasn't seeing any more bucks is cause he had ran off every other buck for, it seemed like a whole square mile or more. So the only bucks I'm seeing are these little pissy two year olds and spikes and everything. Cause nothing else is there. Cause he ran them all off. So, it was very uneventful uh, hunts, you know, because I'm either going to see him or, you know, a tiny buck or a doe, you know. I mean, it's so uh, fast forward to, you know, November and the wind was bad one night. It was November 3rd. And I thought, I'm just going to set up on the on this edge of this field in a blind, you know, where I can somewhat protect my scent. And uh I sit there all evening. I'm sitting over a little clover. And, I mean, there's just deer coming out all night. There's does. There's probably 25 does out in front of me in this in this two-acre uh, clover plot. Uh, and, you know, I've got a bunch of two-year-olds out fighting each other. And I look up. It's I mean, it's probably 6.30 in the evening, you know, broad daylight. It's a beautiful, clear day. And he's just walking through the middle of this field. And my heart sank through my entire body. I can't even describe, you know, when you see a deer of that caliber in the wild, like walking, I don't, I don't know what it is. You know, camera, you get them on camera. You don't, you don't freak out as much as when you actually see them in the flesh, you know? Yeah, uh, I completely understand, man. Yeah, oh I mean, my gosh. If you see it, anything it, that typical and big, especially, I mean, I mean, it didn't even look real. His rack yeah. doesn't even look real when he's in the wild. You know, it looks like he's got a damn tree on his head. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he's just slowly walking through this field. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm I'm on the edge of this field in a blind. He's way out in the middle of it. The chances of me getting a bow shot right now are probably slim to none. And he goes and chases every single doe in this field, you know, all past – 60 70 80 yards you know he's he's staying in that area where there's just no way i'm i'm gonna shoot that far you know but he he runs out of the field and i'm like oh my god he was i saw him for about you know 40 seconds and i thought well that's probably all i'll ever see of him you know i finally get to see him in daylight and he's he's ran out of the field and he's gone well you know 10 minutes later here he comes running back and then he comes back and he runs every single doe in that field again and then he runs back over the hill and then he's gone again. You know, I'm like, Jesus, you know, I wish this thing would come into bow range. Uh, but then he comes back for a third time 
and he stops at the top of this hill. I mean, it is the most open shot I could have got. 63 yards I ranged him, and he's standing perfectly broadside. There's no wind, you know, and I can shoot 60, 65 yards, but, you know, when you're, when you're hunting a deer of that size, you know, once in a lifetime type stuff, you really don't want to, you know, I couldn't bring myself to chance it. You know, I mean, if you hit him high or low or back, I mean, I, I'd hate myself. Yeah, that that's that's a tough choice, man. Sixty, you know, sixty plus yards. You're sitting there. Uh, you're like, I mean, it's it is the most perfect broadside. You know, wide open, broad daylight, and you just for me to pass that up, man. I'm t- it just God, it's it's heartbreaking. You know. Yeah. And he just slowly walks out of the field right before dark, and you know, then he's gone. You know, I. I he just disappears. I, you know, I come back to the house. I'm heartbroken, and then, you know, probably two weeks go by, and I, I don't get him on camera anymore, anywhere. Uh, you know, gun season rolls around. I think it was the 15th of November, and I couldn't hunt uh, the entire opening weekend of gun because there were three guys coming on there to oh, this property. Man. Yeah, who hadn't been there all year. They were from Florida. So they don't even know this deer. Exi- I kept this on the extreme down low, you know. Oh, yeah. Very few people even know this exists. So these three guys come in, and I'm thinking, oh, man, these guys are going to put in one day of work, and they're going to they're gonna shoot this deer, and they're not even going to know what they have, you know. So that was a very tough weekend of, you know, sleepless nights, you know, and stress. And then – to come come to find out there were more guys coming in for the rest of that week so it was saturday through the through the next friday i couldn't even get in there oh man that's a long then, time <laughs> yeah so i go well at least i have you know saturday and sunday i can go in i can do it on the weekend and see if i can find him you know so saturday rolls around i get there in the morning and there's already other guys in there that I that weren't supposed to have gone in that day, but they did anyway. So it's like, oh my gosh, you know, there's no way that this is actually going to happen. And plus, you know, there are, you know, my three surrounding neighboring properties. They have a couple hundred acres apiece, but they, this is another thing. They find it necessary to hunt right on the border of the back ten acres of 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 my place. So. There's seven stands overlooking the back part of my property. So there's all those people, plus the three people hunting uh, on, on my place, on my lease. So, you know, there's there's eight or ten guys back there at all times during the first week of uh, gun season. So you're thinking, well, if this deer walks anywhere even in the area, he's going to get blown away, you know. Uh, but I went in there. They, they didn't have any luck. They wounded what they called a 12-pointer that Saturday morning. Uh, and I figured, well, you know, surely they wouldn't just call it a 12-pointer if they had shot the big one. They would have said, oh, I just shot like a world record, you know. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, well, surely it's not the same, you know, 12-point frame deer. And they lost it. They didn't find it. So they were disgusted, and they went home. Uh so it was, I, I could go in there for the Saturday evening. <laughs> so uh, I went in there. It was November the 
25th or something. I think it was the 25th I went in and I went up. I sat in this blind. It was gun. By the way, I would have really loved to kill this deer with a bow more than anything, but it just didn't, you know, pan out that way, you know. But uh, I went in there that Saturday evening and I was so disgusted. I went in there. Uh, there was so much pressure from the past week. I didn't even see a deer. I, I went in at like two o'clock. I didn't see a single deer and I'm in a beautiful lush clover field. You know, I didn't see a single deer all night and it's getting, you know, right prime time and starting to get dark. And I thought, you know, what? I'm just going to leave. I'm so disgusted and pissed off. And I take one more gander around the field with my binoculars and I see one deer on the far end of the field. And I thought, oh God, you know, probably a doe coming out. It's probably the only deer I'm going to see all evening. So I put my binoculars up and it's like, holy crap, there's the deer. Giant rack, there he is. Okay, I got to shoot this thing. You know, I'm freaking. So <laughs> I throw my binoculars down and I'm shaking so bad. I put my gun on the rest and I turn my my uh, my zoom on my scope all the way down, thinking I'm turning it all the way up because <laughs> I'm so excited. So I put it from nine to three when I was supposed to put it from three to nine. And I was so excited looking through the scope, I didn't even notice. And I thought, wow, nine X, this looks really far away. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So even up to the sh- to when I shot, I didn't even notice. But anyway, it's about 120 yards. And man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to calm myself down and it's the only deer in the field. And I'm like, man, just take your time. You know, uh, I start to pull the tree. It's like, Jesus, I am so shaky. And plus this thing looks so far away. I don't even know how to get steadied on this thing, you know? So I, I keep trying to squeeze it off. It's like, God, I have to keep backing off. You know, I'm shaking too bad to take this shot. And finally I probably took, two minutes to calm myself down and, and in that moment that that is so long oh, yeah, you know, that a, seems like an eternity yeah and it, it probably took me two minutes to calm myself and i finally shot and you know the gun surprised me so much going off and i saw the deer turn and whip out of the field and i have no idea what happened i have no idea where i hit it and i freak out and it's like i start crying you know I start crying. I start freaking. I have no way to call home because I don't have a, own a cell phone yet. So I just think, oh, my God, I need help. I got to run all the way home. So I grab all my things and I ran. I mean, it's it's probably a, a thousand yard uh, distance to where I parked the Ranger. So I ran a thousand yards <laughs> with, with a gun over my shoulder and a backpack on my hunting boots, you know, you know, crying. And I get back to the Ranger and. I, I, I drive home and my mom's the only one home because my dad's out hunting. And, uh, you know, I, I come in the front door. And I said, Mom, I think I, I think I got the big one. And she just screams in complete excitement. And she comes and hugs me. I'm like, man, don't celebrate because I don't even know if I hit this thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get too excited. So I call my dad or where my dad, the landowner my dad was hunting on. And I said, hey, you know, is is can I talk to dad? I think I, I think I got that big one. And he must've heard me on the phone in the speaker. 
because he ran out of that guy's door and jumps in his truck and all ass all the way home without <laughs> nice. even getting on the phone, you know? So anyway, me and my dad went out and his buddy, uh, Dave, and we went out and I, we went out to the spot where I shot and I said, I think he was standing here, you know, and we find a little blood and we go where I think he exited the field you know, I'm like, man, this looks like good blood. It might even be lung blood. You know, it kind of looks like it has bubbles in it, you know. So we're starting to get a little bit excited. And we get right to the edge of this field. And my dad lets out the most hysterical, uh, ear-piercing scream I've ever heard in my life. And it scared me so bad, I, I almost fell over. And he's, and he's hooping and hollering. And he's jumping around in circles with his hands up, going, oh, my God, you got him. You know, and he's and he's running over to it, and I'm still trying to process that we just found this deer. So it really took me like a couple minutes to to you know get myself together, and then I man, my emotions just got the best of me, and I just start bawling my eyes out. Uh, I've got pictures, you know, from the recover recovery where man, my eyes are just blood red, and there's just tears streaming down my face, you know. But, uh, man, I'm telling you, it was a heck of a hunt. I, I Once in a lifetime kind of stuff. Um, you know, it, it, we, North American Whitetail uh, got a hold of me the next week, and they, they did the story on it. And I got the front page of the paper of, of our, of our you know, small town paper with, with a deer of all. I mean, how many small town uh newspapers have a have a giant deer for their front page you know and that's that's what i had so i i feel extremely blessed and you know it seems like every week i'm in town or at a gas station someone comes to me and say man you, that was a hell of a deer you killed that year or something or somebody will say something and it's like an ongoing thing and you guys get a hold of me here two years later and you want to do this podcast and it's like it's like a never-ending reward you know for for all this hard work and stuff I put in, but man, I really appreciate it. You know? Yeah, man, we appreciate hearing the story. I, I, I figured out the name for this deer. You should yeah. name him nine X. Cause that's like, <laughs> that's a primo name. I think, what do you think, homie? I like it. Yeah. I like nine X as a name. That's pretty good. Cause you shot him on three, but you should have been on nine. You thought you were on nine the whole time. Right. So yeah. 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 That was pretty pathetic, but whatever. <laughs> hey, man, you got the job done. You you might yeah. on nine. You might have been shaking so much it could have been bouncing all over. You never know know you've been. Yep. So, yep. Everything. I never got uh, one daylight picture of this deer ever, uh, and all my neighbors did. And you know, you hear you hear people always say, "Well, if you don't get him in you know in daylight ever, he's probably living way far away and coming over on his circuit through his checking his scrapes every now and again." But you know, so. It, it seems it seemed at the time, you know, hunting all them weeks. So I, I'm sure you guys have felt this too, where it feels so impossible to get out there and hunt these big deer. You know, you're sitting out there and you're like, man, I'm sitting out in the middle of the woods up in a tree. And I'm trying to, you know, sling an arrow. At, it's something that lives out here and it's probably 10 times smarter than I am. And, you know, it just fit, you, you feel so ridiculous out there sometimes, or at least I did. Yeah, you when you're hunting something that big, you're hunting like a unicorn. You know what I mean? You're right, hunting yeah. something that's like... It doesn't even feel real when you're out there for that long. You don't see anything, you know? No. It just feels like you're chasing some kind of crazy dream that doesn't even exist, you know? You get him on cam, and you're like, okay, he's still here, 
but I don't really right. know if he's alive or it's just, he just, yeah. he's just, you know, I don't know if he and lives he three miles away or two or three days. I, I was getting up. him on camera so consistently. I mean, if he was missing every two or three days, I was getting concerned, wow. you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had so many different days of this deer coming through and I didn't have, uh, any past experience with this deer because it was my first year hunting this property, you know, that so, might've been the best man. He could have been a one sixties typical, you know, I, or one seventies. And I know it. And, and the other thing about this deer, you know, you'd look at me and think, God, this is like a super old mature deer. And I'll be honest with you. I think he's only four and a half. Uh, judging, you know, we did the, we did the, the we aged him by the teeth, you know, and, and we looked at his body size and everything. And we looked at his body, the with his body shape. I mean, he just looks like he's four and a half. And it, it, it seems incredible that a four and a half year old deer can. I mean, his his gross score was two twelve. You know, yeah. so for a four year old deer to get that big, it we seems so a, crazy. Uh, we had a three year old on here, Legend Series, that was one eighty five and some change, right? Yep, typical. typical. Gosh, and he was three. So he's he set the teeth in. Was that an eight pointer? Uh, eight or a nine? Yeah, eight or nine. Uh, wow. I think it was an eight. Yeah. Yeah. One. Uh, yeah, and he was three years old. By mm-hmm. by, you know, I don't know how they do it. It's science, so they send it off. So we can't argue with it, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he yeah. sent it off, and he messaged me. He, he was like, "You're never gonna believe how how old that deer was." I was like, "How old?" He's like three years old. I'm like, "Man, you know, it could have been the same thing like you. You know, you think he's four, but he could have been a a one eighties typical the year before, you know, or a one right. one seventy right. typical. So it's possible. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, we're in the, in the States that, you know, we can, you can grow them that big. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people killed deer and they think they're a lot older than they are, but I feel like a lot of three-year-olds get shot around us and, uh, people think they're a little older, but it was a 10. It was a 10. Yeah. yeah but it's, I sh- I'll shoot a three-year-old all day if it's, if it's, you know, a nice one. I'm sure trying to shoot yeah. mature deer, but if a 160 walks out, it's still a 160. Yeah, kind of hard to pass. Yeah. I actually passed up a, uh. It was hard to do, but I passed up a, a high 150s 10 last year. That was a three-year-old. Yeah, you know? that, that'd be tough for me. That 140, 150 class is still where I'm, I like to, to plant my foot and sure. shoot for yeah. that. But Absolutely. That's got, a trophy deer anywhere yeah, in the world. I got a couple Absolutely. of questions I want to ask about that. So you the neighbors had them in daylight. So with, with your neighbor's properties and I know you won't know an exact number, but just the neighbors that had trail cam pictures of and yours, how big do you think his home range was? Uh, you know, I don't think it was that big. You know, maybe he, I think he lived within, for most, most of his time, I think he spent within 20 or 30 acres. You know, I don't think he left that very often. Judging by how often I was getting him on camera and how, and how, you know, limited his range was where people were getting him on camera I, I i don't think he ventured out of that area very often i've seen that happen a lot on the piece i used to hunt as yeah you get just a deer, felt comfortable there you get a deer that you do, you don't get on camera but you see in a certain spot and you're like why do i not get him on cam and you're seeing him like consistently over there you're like this yeah. deer just never leaves that area you know what i mean he just lives mm-hmm. in this 40 acre block did anybody yeah. hunt that property before you had got on it uh in years past yes mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and as far uh, I've talked to them, and they they have no uh, history with it at all. Nobody's ever, and that's another thing. The other guys hunting on the property had cameras out, and they never got him on camera even one time. 
he he only hit i i guess it speaks to how good i could put cameras out in spots but he never hit any of their cameras and i got him on all of mine so you talk about luck i don't know yeah. <laughs> just coming in there to you know his mind was just set on hitting them scrapes yeah yeah pretty much and i could see a four-year-old you know being a little more adamant to really try mm-hmm. to show some dominance and yeah. hit them scrapes yep. and and really make it like you said he's running off all their bucks that shows a yeah you know a, a four or five year old deer that isn't isn't you know too mature because like we had we're, we were hunting a deer that we thought were was really mature and then we shot him and we're still not sure how old he is right <laughs> he's sending in still but uh we we aged him at five and a half with the teeth ourselves yeah but mm-hmm. we haven't signed him off and get exact but you uh, yeah, I have it. Yeah, Home, <laughs> homie would already. Done I mean, it like, I'll pay. I'll pay the forty five dollars. Homie would have done it like two months ago because I'm so. dying to know. <laughs> He's gonna come back as a two year old. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be sick. Um, one thing I want to ask is, you know, since I've met Cody, um, Cody's talked about hunting, you know, like late November and having a lot of, you know, good success and a lot of choke him activity. And that's one thing that I've really started to key in on. And one thing that we we haven't talked about it a whole bunch on here but we do um see them bigger bucks still chasing you know yearling does in that late november time frame mm-hmm. um especially like thanksgiving weekend you got the long weekend is if you can get everything done on thursday mm-hmm. let the wives go shopping on black friday you know and then you know you, you just hit up the tree stand and um we've seen some good rut activity that weekend uh, do you think that this was kind of part of that with it in that time frame that you were hunting there well, he was really rutting hard the first week of November. I know that for a fact. And I think when he disappeared for those two weeks in the middle of November, he was locked down with those the entire time. And when I saw him on November 3rd, man, he had, he, he looked like a cow, man. He, his neck was swelled up. He looked huge, you know. And when I killed him, he had lost so much weight, and he was so rutted out. And I think that was the 25th of November. So at that time, he was done. And I, you know, he was by himself. I, I think he just gone so hard for those couple of weeks that he just gave up. <laughs> that's kind of what, when you were telling me the story, that's what I was kind of thinking, you know, you got that many guys hunting in that area with yeah. not even a sighting, you know, right, no yeah. trail cam pictures. They didn't get any trail cam pictures of him. So you're thinking, man, this, you're thinking he's going to be dead, but he's probably, he's, he's a four year old. Yeah. Down. He's a four year old that's cruised another property and is locked down. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the first day that you hunted could have been his first day back. And yeah. like you said, he's so yep. down, he's just trying to replenish. And mm-hmm. like you said, that place didn't hold a lot of deer in general. So he come back to that area thinking, okay, I'm safe here. You know, I'm going to go out and get a bite to eat and try to replenish something. And then, boom, yeah. you know, he's hitting a food plot in daylight because he's so run down yeah. that late in the year. So was what was the temps like that day? Uh it was cold. I, I, not, but not, not horrible. I think it was probably 30, 35, you know, I know the juries always talk about when it warms up, they hit the greens. Yeah. Instead of going like to the if grains. it's cold, 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 and then like brutal cold. Cause I mean, yeah. we had some brutal cold. It wasn't you know. anything out of the or It was a very average November day, you know, yeah. they're, they're, you know, nothing special about it. Huh. Well, homie's got a whole list of stuff <laughs> up there. Go so, ahead. Um, you know, obviously you shooting this deer like, and like you said, is, you know, a once in a lifetime experience and Cody kind of had that with his buck last year. Um, like 
experiencing that, you know, what do you look for going forward with just deer hunting in general? Well, I've gotten a lot more picky. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, right now, I, you know, I'm still hunting the same place. This is my third year there. And for the past uh, two years, I've been hunting another one that's uh, it's got to be very closely related. Uh, I, they must have a common parent or something because they have very similar characteristics. But the deer I'm hunting now is five and he's a he's a mainframe 10 and he's probably i mean i i put him at mid 190s non-typical you know so <laughs> that that's where i'm at right now i'm trying to get that one <laughs> yeah i mean it just seems like when you find that property i would say hold got- giants <laughs> they yeah. just it just holds giants you know what i mean yeah. it's just people are like oh you got to find the deer but i feel like if you could find that little nook you know it's just 70 acres you said it's not a lot of ag you know mm-hmm. or it's not a lot of timber mostly ag right uh, you just get that little nook where the area can just grow big deer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was blessed to hold one of those for a while where you just, like, you get a 190 on cam, and you're like, holy crap, yeah. you know. Yeah. And yep. now, hell, I don't think I'll get a 190 on cam for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get it south two miles of where I'm at to get back down there. But So you said that you're hunting off the ground. You The first time you seen this deer, you were on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, is that just kind of like a little bit of your norm or, you know, because there's not a lot of timber, you couldn't find a good tree. Well, um, it's a little, little bit of both. Uh, you know, on the edge of this fence where they're going into the alfalfa, there were no trees at all. You know, it was just really high brush along this fence row, but I'm, I'm no stranger to hunting off the ground. I, I did it growing up more than I hunted out of trees. So, you know, hunting on the ground it is kind of a norm i i don't have a problem with it you know and if i have to do it i, I you know i don't have a problem with it some people really get nervous about it they they think it's you know really risky but you know, I, I haven't felt i haven't felt that way are are you in a blind or are you just kind of brushing yourself in and you're exposed? i just brush myself in you know the best i can See, so it, like, I don't, I don't like hunting in a blind personally, whether it's turkey season or deer yeah, season. I don't either. I don't because either. I just feel like I lose my ability to hear. Like, you know, I feel like there could be something 15 yards to the left of me, you know, in a, mm-hmm. in a spot that there's no window and I feel like I can't even hear it, even though I know yeah. it's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, I just don't like I like being, to feel like I'm out there, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's the I don't same like way to feel, I feel like I'm in a room looking to the outside, you know? Yeah, I want to be out in it, you know. Yeah, we know a lot of guys exactly. that hunt off the ground and are super successful. You know, yeah. Matt and Jesse every year off the <laughs> ground kills a giant, you know. <laughs> right. Gun or bow, it doesn't matter. But, hey, I killed my big one with a gun, too. So they don't look any different on the wall with a gun, I'm telling you. <laughs> Hell they no, look they the don't. same. <laughs> so. I'm just as proud. Yeah. Have you got your mount back? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just thinking well, about I'm... me, aren't you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you, I think it was super awesome that you had your dad out there. One thing I got to say before we say that, you shot this buck two years ago and you didn't have a cell phone? Like, yeah, I know. What's going I, on, I man? I was, well, I was yeah. going to make a comment like, is this 94 or <laughs> what, bro? Well, I'm, I'm 20. You know, I'm going to be 21 here at the end of the month. I was still in high school. And believe it or not, I could, I would use my iPod uh, to text people with, you know, because that's basically all I needed to do. Yeah. Know? Uh, so I really didn't feel the need to have anybody, you know, call me or anything. So 
And that would and be I was satisfying. pretty much around Wi-Fi all the time, so having a phone just seemed kind of, you know, not necessary a couple of years ago. But now I gotta have one. You know? <laughs> Cody thinks his phone bill is pretty gangster, but I bet yours two yeah. years ago was <laughs> sick. Yeah, <yours> is <laughs> free. <laughs> Everybody's got the iPhone what, like seven. Yeah, I don't <laughs> sure. know, you know, I got to thinking about this, Cody. I don't even know why we use your phone to call people I've because no you have the worst service. Yeah, I have the worst service anybody. But my phone plan is <laughs> cheap as shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the cheap stuff, man. Whatever can get me by the easiest without just like that. I mean, but anyways, yeah. Get to back to what I wanted. <laughs> I had to bring that up. It was in the back of my mind. Like, I got to say something. But anyway, sure. if you're out there with your dad recovering, that is epic, man. And for your dad to be so jacked. I don't know if your dad's a hunter also, but you said oh, you yeah, had the taxidermist in there. Yeah. But, I mean, mm-hmm. that's something that is so epic for you get to, to, to do that with your dad, you know. and Oh, I made it so special, you know. He he was just as excited, or even more than I was. Oh yeah, you know? I can imagine that. I it, I would it, be. Yeah, it was incredible. You know, something I'll never forget ever. Yeah, I think about if my kid killed a giant hell. Oh dude, I'd be way more jacked than him. He'd be like, "Yeah, that's a pretty good deal." I'm like, "No, man, <laughs> no, this is serious <laughs> stuff." <laughs> so yeah, that's that's pretty epic. <laughs> so what what do you think total hours you had in hunting? I mean, you're 18, you're in high school. I bet you're out there quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Um, well, it was actually my first year out of high school and my job allows me to, I, well, with, with this, with these ag fields, you know, I can, most of the deer come out in the evening. You rarely see stuff on this property in the morning, hardly ever. So my job allows me to, uh, hunt in the evening through dark. I can come home, eat dinner and then go to work. Uh, at night and then sleep through the morning so it was a really good uh, system i could get out there pretty much any time i, I needed to nice you know, yeah that min- minus good. gun season where it, you know i had to wait on other people but uh for all of those season it really worked out well but god as far as amount of hours i mean it's in the hundreds for sure it, it i think i hunted 50 some days or some i 40, 48 or 50 days for this deer. It was incredible. <laughs> Man, when, just, yeah, saying, just like you said, when you got that job that allows you that <clears throat> primo time, you know, and right. obviously you don't have no wife or kids, but and mm-hmm. that, that's a, that, that's that's a huge stat, game changer. Bro. Yeah, that's <laughs> a game changer right there. <laughs> but right. Keep you, going to Canada, bro. That's all I'm saying. Just go, to, <laughs> go, go right now. <laughs> no, but I mean, just like, I mean, you could have not hunted, you know, but, you know, you're, you're driving – just you want to be out there and you know trying to chase this deer and you know you got your mindset that that's what you want to do yeah, you could have been chasing girls you were exactly. chasing giant bucks yep. yeah right props to yeah. you man i wish <laughs> i if i if I, I i hunted when i was 18 but i didn't hunt that hard like i didn't right. but i didn't, i wasn't chasing that big of a deer if I would have seen that big a deer when I was eighteen, man, there I would have, I would have choked. I would have set his world record. Yeah, I would have <laughs> choked. I just shot the biggest deer alive ever. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest deer that has walked the earth. Yeah, yeah. So you said you've you've scored deer. Um, can you kind of elaborate on that? Uh, what kind of got you into that? Well, I mean, my dad owns a taxidermy shop, so. Growing up, I've seen thousands upon thousands of deer come through. And I one day I just got this thing, and I'm like, man, before I really even got into uh, deer hunting, this is when I was like eight or nine years old. And I thought, man, I 
everybody's talking about score and I have no idea what anybody's talking about. So I got into it and I got so addicted to, to scoring deer. I, I just been doing it for so many years now. I, I can, like I did one today, uh, my friend brought over a, a, a dead buck and he's like, what is this score? I said, I don't know, 165. And we scored it up and 165 and a half, you know. Mm. And I actually guessed my deer on the hoof because everybody's always asking me, well, you know, because I show my close buddies the trail camera pictures and stuff while I'm hunting it. And they go, well, what do you think it's score? And I go, well, the best thing that I can come up with is, you know, between 212 and 214 gross. And it ended up scoring 212 and a half. So it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah. pretty legit. Yeah. So. I was say, we hear about guys all the time that, you know, can get within that half inch mark on basically any deer that you ask them to the age you know so yeah. if you got the gift you got the gift yeah i mean if you've been doing it for you know 10 plus years too with tax term, mm-hmm. like when we go up to ingram's our tax terms guy we just pick deer up and score them sometimes <laughs> right? just to see you know and <laughs> most of the time the guy right. knows that brought it in and i score it up i'd be like well what's this one score <laughs> he'll look at you know yeah. and he'll be like well I'm, I'm normally, I normally add some inches, like five. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that cable tight enough. I, I had my buck last year officially scored for uh, the first time I've ever seen anyone do it, and I was like, wow, okay. We, we need to get a cable. Yeah, the cable, that is legit. If you have a cable, I was adding, you know, two, three-eighths to every mass measurement just because yeah. I can't get that cable or I can't get that string as tight as that cable, you know? So right. I had the guy that measured it, uh, shout out Average Hunter. Um, he kind of showed me exactly what he was doing and then went over to a ruler, you know, marked it. I was like, man, this is this is serious stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> they ain't letting an eighth get by, I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. <laughs> so. No, but I think one thing that, you know, kind of throws a lot of people off when they ask <clears> – <throat> you know, hey, what do you think this scores? One thing that throws a lot of people off is the mass because, like, there's a big difference between a three and a seven-inch mass measurement, but it might not look as big as four inches. You might only, Mm -hmm. you know, give it two, and you're missing out on two inches there. So you're missing out on two inches, yeah. Yeah. You know, eight times, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it's up quick. Well, man, we appreciate you coming on and uh, and sharing your story with us. I know a lot of people love this story. Uh, I appreciate you working with the scheduling with us. Uh, no problem. Yeah. No problem. Anytime. Anytime. Hopefully, I'll have a uh, another story on this other big one. Heck so. yeah! Yeah, I did beat yeah. that. Yep. Well, you don't get a much bigger typical than that. Not um, at all. Had a few flyer points, but that's it. If you guys haven't seen the picture of this buck. Um, trail cam picture wise I'm not even sure you call them flyers I think they're just yeah, splits yeah splits um, check out our Instagram our Facebook we'll share some trail cam pictures of them I like to share that because that's what this guy got before he harvested you know you see the harvest picture you're like okay you know but the trail cam picture is where like it really hits like oh yeah Okay. Yeah. Imagine getting that on there. You know what I mean? But and then I mean, even him seeing the deer in person before he yeah. even got a picture At of like, him. What six yards? That'd have been sick. I mean, that's close. So <laughs> off the ground, dude. Just imagine that showing up out of nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere on a property. It is that six yards. Yeah, on a a property that he really didn't think about. You know, same thing. You know, one of the properties that. Well, you know, this is close to the house, but it might not hold any deer. And then, <laughs> right. boom, there's a 200 on it that you never even knew about. You know what I mean? So, um, 
Don't overlook those small properties. That's what we always say. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how many times I said it. I don't know how many times I said it. These legends they find always, that nook and cranny. They always come in. Like I said, just like this guy, he's now that he's hunting another giant. When you find that property that holds giants. He hunted this giant and he's hunting yeah. another giant. When you find the property that holds <laughs> giants, the giants are just there for some reason. I don't know. It's just the genes in that area, whatever it is. But if a property holds giants in the future, it's going to hold another giant. Yeah. So, all right, get out there. Try to leave a legacy. I hope you shoot a giant this year <laughs> and white till legacy's out. You go out there and the fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.